Hello, friends. This is episode 96 of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. My name is Matt Bruff. I'm a pastor and an author, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Jen Ostash Gooch. Uh, I don't, I think when we started these conversations around a liturgy for life, I don't, th- I don't know if I ever introduced you really properly. Um, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. I'm the uh, I'm the worshiping community leader at Prairie, where Matt is the minister, um, and we've been working together off and on for many many years. Whether I've been you know staff or volunteering, there's been a lot of collaborations over the years. Yep. That's so it's really it's really great to be with you all um, during this uh, this liturgy for life um throughout this lenten season this year and uh this is our this is our final week uh we really hope that this time of uh engaging with the liturgy has been fruitful and we have heard that there has been moments that are certainly challenging that uh that challenge us and and there's potential for growth which is really encouraging and i and i think what one of our goals was to provide you know, I guess it's not really our goals. It's like the purpose of a spiritual practice is to be, allow it to transform you. Right. So it's that simple. (laughs) All right. So let's dive in with our uh, scripture focus as a reminder for week five, uh, looking at Jeremiah 31. Uh, This is at 30 verse 34. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord for they shall all know more, all know me from the least of them to the greatest says the lord and our relational theme this week is everyone/others jeremiah introduces a coming new covenant where god's ways will be written on the people's hearts from the time of abraham god's people were blessed to be a blessing to others but here a time is foretold when anyone can be part of god's covenant people a covenant like all of the others that is fulfilled in Christ. This week, our focus is on all people, and especially people different from yourself. So on Sunday, our our theme each Sunday has been uh, presence, being present with someone or ourselves. And I have to admit, this one, um, I really haven't... I I didn't do this on Sunday. I wasn't present with anybody except for my family um, Mm -hmm. on Sunday, but uh, yeah, I, how about you? Were you able to engage with being present with anybody, Matt? Uh, Not on Sunday. No. And I think for us, for sure, this is a function of, um, of being in the pandemic still and, uh, and not, being out and seeing people i i think the primary place that i used to do this would have been at church actually we have a pretty um diverse ethnically diverse church and age diverse too um and socioeconomically too yeah, yeah 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 so um so i think that would be that would be the primary place for me and then another place is in my work with cyclical pcc uh church planting support network uh of our denomination um lots of the people involved in that network or who are looking at starting new ministries or new initiatives in churches um 
most of them are not uh, middle-aged white guys, contrary to popular belief. Um, there are a few of us, but uh, but there's lots of women, lots of uh, uh, people from all different ethnicities. And, um, and so I end up in many meetings with people who are very different than me. Um, although we would share the same religion, for sure. We put religion on the list. Um as as another possible uh difference from yourself i think and i think that would be interesting to explore um but uh, but for me my experience is mostly with other christians and other christian leaders but the often it's the ethnicity um where where there's there's lots of uh, diversity mm-hmm. you know it, it's interesting like you draw attention to uh different religious backgrounds mm-hmm. i'm highly interested in ecumenical work but I look at this text from Jeremiah of no longer, or well, to back it up in verse 33, God says that I'm going to put my law on people's hearts. I'm going to write it on their hearts. Um, and they, they will be my people. I will be their God. And it continues to say no longer will they have to teach one another, you know, know the Lord because they're all going to know me. And I think my perspective and belief is that, uh, that God has written this on everybody's heart, whether they know God, know that they're a child of God or not. I really believe that God has done this for all people. And so even if we are from a different religious background, um, I, I, I do see, um, some connections, uh, even amongst the differences of like, this is still a child of God, whether again, like I said, whether they know it or not. And so I'm kind of interested in, uh, in how that is going to shape things for me for the rest of the week as well. Um, and I'm grateful for that, that we've, that, you know, God's children are incredibly diverse and yet we're all God's children. I think that's really fun too. So uh, <laughs> we, we totally didn't plan to talk about this at all, but as you're talking, it just made me think of um, this little booklet called living faith. Mm. And um, this is actually officially a subordinate standard of the Presbyterian Church in Canada, big fancy words, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a really great book. Um, that's just sort of a basic statement about Christian belief. Mm-hmm. It has what I think is a really interesting section about other faiths. Um, so I'm going to read it because I think people might appreciate this or, I mean, if you're listening and you disagree with it, that's fine too. Um, perfectly fair game. Uh, so here is what it says. Some whom we encounter belong to other religions and already have a faith. Their lives often give evidence of devotion and reverence for life. We recognize that truth and goodness in them are the work of God's spirit, the author of all truth. We should not address others in a spirit of arrogance, implying that we are better than they, but rather in a spirit of humility as beggars telling others where food is to be found we point to life in Christ. Wow. I really, I I really love it. So do I. Thank you very much for sharing that. Even if no one else wanted it, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. And um, what about confession? Um, Take time in prayer and allow God to bring your attention to something that is impeding, you know, health of your relationship with people who are different from yourself reflecting um on this and opening yourself to the possibility of change was there anything that really came up for you yeah actually i think um 
we just had a small group discussion with uh, a group meeting on Zoom about this. And I think uh, I'm not going to share other people's stories, but, um, but I do think like people shared pretty honestly in that group about, uh, about bias, like, and if we're honest, like racial bias that we carry and, um, and we hear a lot about that uh, in the world today. I think that's a big subject of conversation, obviously, but I actually would encourage people to, like if you're working through this, acknowledge that within yourself and find a trusted friend to talk honestly about it and be able to honestly say like, here's where I am struggling to, um, with my own, with my own biases, because that's what got brought up for many people in the group. It sounded like, um, that, uh, for some, I know for me, often this is around language and English is a second language um, that I often have a bias uh, against those whose command of the English language is not as as good as mine. Um, and, uh, and so I make assumptions about their level of engagement with uh, intellectually with material or with a subject or whatever and and more easily write off what opinion they might be bringing to the table because it needs to be explained in sort of more simple ways. Um, so that's a, that's a big one for me that I'm trying to overcome um, or continue to, but others shared about as well, just like cultural assumptions that we've grown up with, um, particularly in Canada around ing- indigenous peoples, mm-hmm. um, but also uh, immigrants uh, to Canada um, and just sort of like what those basic assumptions that we carry around and how that plays out, like how that really plays out in our lives. Um, Yeah. I had this, I did not share this during our small group, but this past summer um, I was, uh, I was interacting with some people and um, with my brother and he mentioned, or he asked uh, an indigenous woman who was with us, you know, what, what occupies your time? What do you do? And I was like, my mouth dropped when, when she shared what she was all about and what her job was. And, um, and I just was like, wow, that, how horrible for me to make these assumptions that, you know, probably worked a menial job and, Mm. and had children. None of that was true at all super highly educational, super involved in like, you know, an agent of change, uh, in, in her field. And I was like, wow, I, yeah, that's pretty crummy. So I've definitely tried to be a lot more open about those types of things and not assuming based on appearance or anything that, you know, people are very capable of, of being all sorts of things. And, um, yeah, this is, this was definitely a little bit more of a raw one this week, I think. Uh, because we are very deeply entrenched in a lot of assumptions, which is tough. Mm-hmm. Sharing peace. Tuesday, our day of sharing peace. Um, I think it's important to, to really face the confession ones to get at the peace. So we had one person in the group share about a very particular story um, where they they had their bias revealed to them. And their action was like, I'm literally going to go to the the person that that involves and talk to them about this and, and um, 
and apologize for for my response or my reaction or whatever. Um, and I think I kind of feel like that's like best case kind of stuff. Like that's that's what we that's I think what we're after is where 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 we've actually able to see like oh my goodness my bias caused me to act in this particular way and and I think I probably hurt somebody here and I'm going to go to that person and and seek reconciliation. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's what we're after. Um I know for me like I think I think this is a hard one for me. I find this I find this difficult to think about what does peace look like? Um, and what would my peace be with you for for others? I think because one of the things I struggle with is like some assumptions around language um, is like really paying attention when I'm going into a meeting or a conversation with someone who I know English is their second language, just like doubling down on active listening, like especially right now it's on Zoom and it's even harder a lot of the time because it's an online conversation. Um like turning off all those distractions, like turning off other things on my computer and like turning off notifications on the phone. Like I can usually manage like if the phone, like turning it off in the moment. But um, if I'm having to really concentrate on the language, like maybe just really being attentive. Like, So it sounds like your piece is actually presence. Yeah, maybe. There That's you go. actually interesting. I like that. Yeah. I think for, for me, my piece is... Um, it is to, uh, I guess, like, uh, embrace humility or, or be more humble and be way more open to learn from others. Yeah. That's for sure. Now, today, Wednesday is our day of gratitude. Um, for myself, I'm really great. I'm really grateful that uh, we have such a diverse, like here in Winnipeg, we're an incredibly diverse area of, of Canada. Um and it's very celebrated, and I really love that. And my neighborhood is extremely diverse. I I love, 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 like even on my block, um, we have uh, people from Ukraine, uh, from Africa behind us. We've got people from uh, East India. Um, there's just so much diversity right in, you know, a, a small radius of my home, and I love that. Yeah, I'm super thankful for my for our congregation as well and just the diversity that's there. Uh I just think that's a wonderful thing. I miss I miss seeing yeah. the, I I miss seeing the group together. I think I realized that even more in the last week or so is that mm-hmm. it lots of people are saying, "Oh, I miss seeing people." And that's yeah, that's true. Like I miss seeing people, but like I can envision like oh yeah, we can get, there's a way that I can probably see some people, but that's not what it is. It's actually like, I miss the group. Like I miss seeing, it's almost like I miss seeing them interacting with one another. <laughs> like, I, like, I feel that a hundred percent I do. Yeah. And that's something I really like about our congregation. For sure. There's sometimes like, you know, one ethnicity stay, staying together in another ethnicity, but there's also crossover. Like there's, and that's something I really love to see is even, and it's even more like, it, sometimes it's even more sweet when I'm not involved actually where I'm not like, not because I don't want to be involved, but just because I haven't like told people or brought people together on purpose. And you can right. see those people are like from vastly different ethnicities, backgrounds, everything. And they're 
enjoying having a conversation together. And it's just like, oh, we don't get to see that like in person. (laughs) Like we don't get to see that right now. Um, No, you're making my heart hurt, man. (laughs) I know that's something that's really hard to like, even, even if you put those people in a Zoom meeting together, it's not the same. Like, it's just, you can't, you can't replicate that. Um, And that's something I really appreciate about small church kind of communities too. It's not that that doesn't happen in larger churches. It for sure does. But I just kind of feel like, I don't know, we have something so special in our congregation, this little, this little group of people where you've got um, lots of international students and then Mm -hmm. other people who are not international students, but are from other countries and found their way into Winnipeg and found their way into our congregation and and then people who've been here their whole lives um, or for generations. So yeah, it's, I miss that. I'm very thankful for them though. Uh, yeah. I just keep hearing um, the people of God in my head is like, I just, I do, I miss witnessing the people of God coming together and, mm-hmm. um, and how great it is that we are all one and yet we're so incredibly diverse. And I, I love that God loves us all and celebrates us all. And like, there's something to learn about that. That's for sure. And, and I think like this, this, I might carry this forward into tomorrow about how do I commune with, you know, somebody who is different. Um, I, I want to celebrate our differences, but totally latch into and connect with like how we're not different. You know, if we cut our hands, they're both going to bleed red. Like, So there's that kind of thing. Yeah. And I also think that um, like where, so the question is where might you connect more deeply with people different than yourself? And again, I think this is hard right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd encourage people to think about, I hadn't, when we phrased this question, I didn't think about it in like actual physical geographic terms. Mm. I'm always asking questions of like, you know, about people's lives. Like where might you find the time to connect with somebody like that? That would be a normal where question for me, but it's interesting that where is actually a geography term. Like you may want to spend time like reflecting literally where like, where are you going to be low physically located that you're actually going to encounter people different than yourself? Because it's quite easy to just go to all the familiar places and never (laughs) bump into anyone that, and just always interact with the same people who you always interact with and not pay attention. Um, So I think asking that question of what is the location might become more and more important, especially as we may, maybe are able to get together with people in person um, as we come out of things like that, uh, that might be more important. And then I think the other part of this reflection, uh, if you're resistant, like if you sense hesitancy around this is like, Oh, I don't really, I don't know if I want to connect more deeply with people different from me. Uh, um, Then explore that, like take that to God in prayer and ask God to help you at least understand what's causing that resistance. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and like, I would encourage you as well, not to beat yourself up over that. Cause I think there's a temptation there to, to, to kind of repress that. If you have that feeling to sort of repress that feeling, 
of just like, well, I know I'm not supposed to feel that way about people of another ethnicity. Like, but if you do like be gracious to yourself, but explore it. Like it's okay for it to be criticized. Like it's okay to, to stand a little bit under judgment for that, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. stay there for too long. I would explore like what, like, why is it that, why is it that I have that feeling? Why is it that I'm hesitant? Why is it that I'm fearful? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that might be like real legitimate reasons of like upbringing and childhood. And maybe that does need to come into question. And mm-hmm. maybe you're on the path and on the road to calling that into question for yourself so that you can then move beyond that and um, and continue to work on it. But I think, totally. if you, I think if you just beat yourself up about it, if you just kind of like like tear yourself down oh i shouldn't feel that way you're probably like that's not a way to get to to changing it yeah it's definitely not uh it's yeah it's not going to be as helpful that's for sure um i'm going to give a tiny example so often uh when i come to intersections here in winnipeg if you're from here you know or other cities probably are, are like this too there's often an intersection somebody standing there with a sign looking for some help and um quite often I will find myself just moving to the other lane. So I just don't have Mm -hmm. to engage and like, what's wrong with just looking them in, looking another human in the eye and smiling at them and offering them at least that type of a piece. Um, but I, but to explore that, I recall, I hadn't thought about this, um, or become aware of like the subtle things that we are brought up with. Um, you know, when we would get if we were driving downtown as, as kids, um, often at an intersection, there wouldn't be people standing there panhandling or anything, but people would just be waiting to cross the road that, you know, were of a certain demographic and we would, oh, we got to lock the door. Um, little subtle things like that, that are just ingrained and you don't think about words were not exchanged necessarily, but there was an action that taught me this is how I must behave and I must fear the other. So be gentle uh, with these things. And um, and I, I want to actually say, like, cast a little bit of judgment on it because those are not helpful mm-hmm. for us to move forward to integrate um, a more peaceful way of interacting with one another. Uh, but don't be harsh in that. Be gentle in your right. judgment. Um, but I think it's fair right. for us to do that. That's how we do this hard work of, like, especially when races are involved um, of anti-racist work. You know, when, um, uh, when Pope Francis was asked, uh, what should you do when a panhandler asks you for money? You know what his response was? Give him money? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I mean, like, when you think about it, it's like, well, yeah. Okay. Like, how many times, like, if you add up all the money that that would be in your lifetime, like... How much is that really? Could be, it could be a lot. That's for sure. Lot. It could be a lot. It could be a lot. It could, it, it might not be as much as you spend at Starbucks, but that's you know, probably accurate. You know, it could be, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just a thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Maybe go down the lane and like, you know, maybe I actually have something I could give. Yeah. And I like the idea of even like, I've often thought, oh, I wish I had some food to offer like, or a bottle of water, especially in the summer where it's so scorching hot some days. Yeah. Um, The other thing too, that I've wondered too about is like, oh, I wish I had, I wish I actually had time. Like I remember being in a place in my life where I had time and 
uh, obviously I'm like a white guy. I'm a pretty, I'm tall, six foot four. I'm not too worried about personal safety. Um, and so I think there are like real safety risks. I know what you're saying about like locking the doors and those signals, yeah. but, but if you're like on the street and you're, you, you can be in vulnerable positions like that. Don't like, so don't mishear that. Um, but I remember being a student in Vancouver and having the ability to actually take someone out for like a stranger out for a meal and, um, you know, someone who was asking for money on the street. And I just said, oh, hey, like, do you just want to come with me to, to McDonald's? We'll go get something. And he was like, oh, oh, okay, sure. And we probably did that like three or four times with the same guy, you know, because I'd often walk past him or like, but then the nice thing is like, we developed like this small relationship. Like I didn't really know him that well, but there were times where I could walk past him and he's like about to ask me for money. And then sort of didn't and sort of tried to ask, like, is today a good day for lunch? Like, <laughs> right. So That's cute. So then, it. And I'd be like, no, I, like I can't today. I really, I'm really heading here. And so it was interesting because of relationship. It was like, he's no longer asking for money. And then like a couple of times he was like, I need bus fare today. And, and I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can help you out. No problem. But then it was like, oh, I'm kind of helping out my friend because he needs bus fare. So is it Isn't a really interesting. interesting dynamic how that changed? Yeah. But it was in a time Just, in my life where I was like, I actually, I mean, I walked a lot in Vancouver and I I had more, it's funny, like as a student for somehow I had more time. I don't know. Um, but there were times when I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I can, I can go for lunch with you. Let's go. That's cool. I really appreciate that story. Thanks for taking me back. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, as we wrap this, uh, this series up, um, we're going to be looking for, we're going to be sending out, um, a form to, to look back for, for some feedback and help you to reflect on this journey yourself. And, and it's, I'm really excited to hear from our listeners and, and those who have participated in this, like what, what has come up for you and, and have there been times where you've been taken back down memory lane about this, that, or the other thing? And I think that's the lovely gift, one of the many, many, many gifts of a spiritual practice um, of what that has to offer us and what lessons we can learn, um, you know, from our own life experiences and our interactions with other other people. Hmm. Uh, you know, the rest of the week, friends, it's intercession on Friday and, and blessing on Saturday. And um, and so, again, uh uh, intercession, like what are the real needs of somebody that you've encountered this week? Or perhaps if you haven't been able to, because of the state of the world, been able to really engage with somebody, is there somebody else that you know of, uh, or are here or a, a situation? I'm just going to throw it out there that if you personally don't know of anything, I'm going to encourage you to pray for the Wet'suwet'en checkpoint, um, you know, land back, uh, uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in Canada and also in the States. I know, um, that our Indigenous siblings are dealing with. So if you have nothing, I'm going to encourage that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what might a blessing look like? It, it might be... I was going to say the uh, the intercession one. Mm-hmm. I really like take time to pray for their needs and then in brackets, not that they would change. Uh... Because 
it can be really easy on some of these. Like, so we've talked a bunch about multi-ethnic conversations or um, uh, race, uh, race conversations. And um, obviously, like people are not going to change their ethnicity. That's not possible. Um, But when you start thinking about like political leaning or religion, um, political leaning, especially right now in today's climate is one of those things like, okay, I'm going to pray for someone who has really different political views than I do. And that prayer can really easily become that they change, change their, their heart. <laughs> <laughs> right? True that. So, so I think there I would resist. I, I would think like, yeah, if you can pick someone you know, it might not be something you encountered, but someone in your life maybe who is really different from you and maybe even like rubs you the wrong way a little bit. Um, yeah. And then pray for what they really need and not what you need them to be. <laughs> Right. Like that's what do they really need? God knows what they need and and take time to hold them up in prayer. Love it. Um and our final day of blessing. Uh what blessing have you received from being present to others this week? What blessing might you give to people different from yourself? What's one action that you would like to take with you into the coming weeks and months? And I think that this is kind of our hope is, uh, you know, like what are the, what are some next action steps for us as we continue to move through life, um, allowing this practice to shape us. Uh, so yeah, again, I'm looking forward to hearing back from people, the feedback, um, watch, watch your emails for that. And, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing what you, how you've been shaped by this and, uh, all of that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, as Jen said, we'll send that out, uh, by email. If you're on, if you've been getting the emails about liturgy for life, you'll get that email. And, um, if you have not, um, then you can always just reach out to me. You can email me at matt at mattbruff.com. Um, and, uh, happy to hear from you. If you've been kind of listening in, but didn't download the resource, uh, you can send me an email and let me know what your experience has been. I would love to hear from you. Uh, and I will just say a big thank you to you, Jen, for joining me on the podcast for five episodes in a row. Amazing. And, um, and also just developing this, uh, this resource for us that we've used um, in our church and then here on the podcast and just kind of in conversation with people. Uh, I really appreciate your work that you put into this and the creativity that you bring um, and your compassion for people. Mm, Thanks, Matt. Yeah, it's been, it's been an honor to be on the journey and uh, I've never done anything like this before. So I'm excited for, you know, future endeavors. Yes. Yeah. Well, you are such a gift and um, yeah. Thanks for listening everybody today. And there will be more podcast episodes coming, I'm sure in one form or another. Uh, So stay tuned. And I hope everyone who's listening to this in real time, we're about to go into Holy week. Uh, So have a blessed Holy week and um, yeah. Who knows what's next for, for this podcast. We'll see what comes. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.